entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. That's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. Boy, talk about telling stories, D.C. Taylor. We're going to talk about Facebook's Libra today. Oh, wow. This is right. exciting stuff, and we've got the perfect guest. Nisa Amoyles is joining us. Hi, Nisa. How are you? Good. How are you? Marty? I'm doing fantastic. Boy, this is a timely thing. And Let me introduce Nisa, and you're going to find out why she's the right person to be talking to about Libra. She was named one of the top 100 women in fintech. That sounds like the right category, Nisa. For the past decade, she has been a venture investor primarily focused on disruptive technologies. She is a former securities lawyer and on the boards of several companies and institutions. She writes for Forbes and Blockchain Magazine and is a regular on CNBC, MSNBC, Fox, Cheddar, and others. And Nisa, this is the second time you're on the Business Builder Show. Maybe you can become a regular contributor. What do you think? That sounds great, Marty. I'd <laughs> love it. to have you. All right. So FinTech, I guess uh, Facebook's Libra call comes under that category, I guess. So uh, give me the foundation. When did Facebook announce this? And I, I kind of read that they had some partners in this venture. So maybe you can help me uh, by starting there. Absolutely. So the white paper was released on June 18th, about a month ago, and the Libra organization or coalition is about 28 companies that have signed on uh, in addition to Facebook just being one of the constituents. Hmm. And so um, there, ever since the announcement, uh, there's been a lot of happening in the media um, and government. And so the hearings are happening actually as we speak. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday was the Senate hearings and today is the House. Hmm. So, um, yeah, lots of interesting um, arguments coming out on both sides. On both sides. And I, I want to talk about both sides. Um but let's kind of even back up a little further. So I, I guess they're calling this a cryptocurrency. Would you sure. kind of call it a cryptocurrency? And uh, is that like, is it like Bitcoin? Maybe talk to us about blockchain. Maybe that's too much to talk about in one question. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the million dollar question. They're calling it a cryptocurrency, although it does not have the characteristics of a true cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Um, it is right now centralized on a permission blockchain, uh, whereas Bitcoin is um, decentralized and on a permissionless blockchain and does not have any um, central authority that's governing it. Mm -hmm. uh, Libra 
is considered, or, you know, a stable coin of sorts because it's backed by a basket of government bonds and currencies such mm-hmm. as the yen, euro, dollar. Mm-hmm. And so they are trying with that to alleviate the volatility of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is not backed by other um, real assets. Hmm. Interesting. So let's go positive uh, at the beginning here. So what's Facebook's primary reason for doing this? Uh, it's obvious, I'm sure, to a lot of us, or at least we think it's obvious, that uh, they want to get into our lives even deeper. But let's go positive, because I've read there's some probably some good reasons to uh, to do what they're trying to do. Talk to me about some positive reasons. Yeah, so what they say um, is the ability to improve lives by banking the unbanked and reaching uh, people who do not have access to the current financial infrastructure. And they give the example repeatedly about, um, you know, sending money home uh, to a family member and not having to pay very high remittance costs, um, that it should be as easy as sending text messages. Um, and with their 2 billion users and most of those now being overseas in a lot of countries where there are a lot of people who are unbanked, that they feel it's their duty to innovate for their customer base. Now, um, the business reason for doing it is Facebook ultimately, you know, with increased usage gets more advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to keep up their engagement levels. There is data that they claim they will not have access to, although it's unclear whether they'll have access to that metadata, which might be even more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't necessarily need to know um need data from a credit card company, for instance, to know that a purchase was made mm-hmm. using the credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, what the government is really concerned about is the privacy issues and the track record that Facebook has with this and whether those things will be commingled. Mm-hmm. And so I think the other business reason uh, for Facebook of doing this is, you know, the global competition there have already been other stable coins launched um, by their, you know, rival Gemini and others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, WeChat, Alipay, um, you know, Venmo, PayPal, all of these mm-hmm. others payment systems uh, already exist. And so they want to compete. Is this in essence a payment system? Is when it all yeah. boils down to it, is that in essence what it is? In essence, it is, uh, although the reason it's different is because it's not backed by, issued by just one company. There's a coalition and they're calling mm. it a stable coin or cryptocurrency that's backed by yeah. these other instruments. And so that, that raises the question of whether this is actually um, security, that some people think, or, you know, is it a fund? Is it an ETF? What is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and they just want to get clarity 
Uh, it's not going to be up to Facebook to pick a lane. It's going right. to be up to the regulators right. uh, as to what it is and then see if the current existing laws can govern that. Fascinating. My guest is Nisa Amoyles, A-M-O-I-L-S. Nisa, uh, I know you have been interviewed by so many people uh, on this topic because of your background, and I want to also make sure that people understand that Nisa recently wrote a book, and that's what we talked about on our prior Business Builder show with guest host Jay Kelly Hoey. It's WTF, What is Happening? Women Tech Founders on the Rise, and the book is doing well, it appears, Nisa. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> lucky to be bestseller. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Congratulations. Well, again, you are the source of information. What's the best way for people to be following what you're saying about Libra and other assorted topics? Yeah, absolutely. I've been posting everything that I've been doing on Twitter at Amoyles Nisa, also on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I have a website, which is just my name, nisaamoyles.com. Okay, so a lot of hubbub about cryptocurrencies. So are uh, the other cryptocurrencies, are they enjoying this ride in some way? How is it hurting or benefiting them? Mm-hmm. Well, Bitcoin was largely kept out of the crossfire yesterday in the hearings, but the price took a dive. Mm. It's unclear whether that was directly related to regulatory concern or the president's tweets about not liking it or, mm-hmm. you know, um, just sentiment, nervous behavior. But um, mm. I would say a lot of the testimony, if you listen to it, is actually very encouraging for mm. Bitcoin. Um, so I think, you know, in the long run, we should be bullish about um Bitcoin's prospects. And so while the fate of Libra remains unclear, um, you know, I think that uh, the market is definitely listening. Uh, the news is is now people have woken up to this is a much bigger than just Bitcoin and, and just other coins out there that this is forcing the government to take action before um, most of the innovation moves uh, across overseas to Switzerland or Asia. Mm. Yeah, this is a worldwide issue. I mean, obviously. Um, and uh, But let's bring it back to the United States. So tell me, I read a little bit, why would the Federal Reserve Chairman be concerned about this? So give it to me in plain English. You, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but why would the Federal Reserve Chairman be concerned about Libra? Yeah. Well, what they're saying, they're using a lot of fear um, in money laundering and um, bad actors and uh, protecting Mm -hmm. the retail investors from, you know, some of the uh, bad publicity that cryptocurrencies have gotten, whether, you know, there have been bad actors, but there are bad actors in the dollar and there's bad actors in gold. So. Uh, you know, I think they're they're um, using some of that data, blowing it out of proportion. But I, I think what it comes down to is they're afraid the U.S. dollar has been the dominant currency, mm-hmm. uh, which has allowed them to influence monetary policy. Mm-hmm. And this this, you know, Facebook, they call it a country, um, you mm. know, two billion people that affects their dominance. Like it, it sure would, you know, government. Um, sure. 
monetary policy. So they're concerned about that, and especially it being set up in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, they're concerned about their ability to regulate it. Yeah, I've been reading that uh, there are people who are looking at cryptocurrencies uh, as a good alternative to gold and U.S. treasuries, like you've uh, just uh, kind of mentioned there. I mean, that's kind of scary stuff. That's a change worldwide, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it from the perspective of generations, um, the older generations used to, you know, think about gold as the store of value, but mm-hmm. their children now think about cryptocurrencies as a store of value. And that's been the primary narrative of Bitcoin as established. Um, mm-hmm. It's established itself as a store of value. Even though you can pay for things in Bitcoin, it's the, the, the lesser narrative is that it's a payment mechanism. Well, more and more people are definitely accepting Bitcoin. That's literally all over the world. Am I correct in that? Absolutely. There's, uh, I think, 100,000 merchants at this point, some big names. Mm. Wow, what an education here on the Business Builder Show. Nisa, tell us again how people can follow you to uh, continue to learn from you. Thank you. It's uh, Amoyles Nisa and, uh, at Twitter and LinkedIn and my website, nisaamoyles.com. Okay, so um, you're an investor. You live in that world. You're in fintech. So right. What, what are investors talking about? When you go to your cocktail parties or whatever you do, what are people saying? What are they talking about? Well, I think that regulatory risk is just one of the risks that you face when you're investing in early stage companies. And if you're a portfolio manager, you really need to look at risk management on the whole I think what I'm rooting for here is clarity because a lot of projects um, that may follow on, um, you know, there, there's been the SEC coming down on specific projects kind of after they, after the fact and not changing, you know, as an enforcement, not changing the laws. But the question is, do we need to actually amend the existing laws mm-hmm. to cover this new digital asset system, or can we employ the existing laws um, to have it fit in? And I think the more clarity we have, the better uh, as an investor. So I think, you know, if you're right now um, a startup in the payment space, you're definitely watching closely as Mm -hmm. to whether um, you're Mm -hmm. about to be, um, you know, your your 100-pound gorilla is about to be approved here. Um, and that, how's that going to affect your startup? But I, you know, I, th- I think that um, there's plenty of room for investment in other areas of infrastructure like custody, settlement, trading, data. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this is being built out right now. So payments um, is really just one sector. Well, I think all of this discussion, which is... Cryptocurrencies have been discussed for a long time, especially in your world in fintech. Um, I, I, I guess the word paradigm came into my brain, which is an old word, but talk about disruptive conversations. My goodness, this is, uh, this is shaking people up big time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, you know, it took a player like Facebook ah. uh, with, all, with its size and resources to really get people to pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> primarily mm-hmm. for negative reasons, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. you know, because they've had such uh, negative press. But, you know, I, 
I've looked at the positive sides, and there there's a story to be told on the positive sides uh, for not only for Facebook and for their partners, but uh, obviously for uh, worldwide commerce. There's some uh, there's some positive uh, potentiality there. So we have a lot of people, small, medium-sized businesses, and we also have a lot of people, uh, professors and students at universities. So uh, that's two separate markets, I know. But talk to me about um, what should small, medium-sized businesses be looking about, looking at, or how should they continue to learn about this? And how do you think this is going to affect them? Yeah, a lot of. Uh, small, medium-sized businesses right now are watching really closely um, to see if they're going to be integrating any kind of blockchain technology into their existing mm-hmm. uh, business, or if they're potentially going to be issuing their own cryptocurrencies, and mm-hmm. uh, what is you know the effect of that going to be? Um, I think there, you know, depending on the sector, there's tons of different use cases for blockchain, um, mm-hmm. you know, from healthcare to supply mm-hmm. chain to gaming to, you know, it's, it's, it's not all about, um, currency, right. um, yeah. you know, exactly. and so, um, and I think from an academic point of view, a lot of, um, institutions are beefing up their curriculum, uh, especially, you know, on the law side for sure. And, mm-hmm. And also uh, in business schools. Um, so I'm involved with Wharton, and I know that they have um, the Penn Blockchain Club, which produces an annual conference that I always attend and speak at. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that there are a lot more um, professors uh, interested in teaching this subject matter and a lot more interest from students, too. Uh, have you been on Wharton Business Radio to talk about this subject? Not this subject, but I've been on before. Well, we're going to get you on. Um, call Dan or somebody there. We got we got to get you on talking about this topic. You know, I'll I'll put the word out. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of friends there, and so uh, Wharton, a great place. Yeah. So yeah. So what didn't I ask you that you want to drive home? Um, again, there's many moving parts to this, but let's wrap up mm-hmm. by uh, what didn't I ask you? You mentioned blockchain. That's an important. That's a whole other subject, I guess, but. Uh, yeah. Share with me what you'd like to end up with. Well, I'd like everybody to keep an open mind and and not just follow the extremist headlines that the media are throwing out there. Um, that you know, to try and be practical about it, to know that this um, evolution is inevitable um, and will require experimentation, and so that's a good thing. Mm. We shouldn't punish innovation mm-hmm. um it will happen hopefully we will keep it within the united states mm-hmm. and we can be a leader in the space so our topic was primarily facebook's Libra, but you mentioned blockchain and that's a whole other show that is changing a lot of industries and businesses and there are still some people who don't understand that follow nisa to learn more so tell us again how people can follow you nisa Thank you. It's uh, Moyles Nisa at Twitter and on LinkedIn or my website, nisaamoyles.com. This has been fantastic. Nisa, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show again. Thank you. Anytime. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builder Show. To learn more about me and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And, of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. 
A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. 